Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Focus Point Podcast. I'm really glad you decided to give us a listen. I hope that the words that you hear will encourage you and bless you. I encourage you also to share this with your family and your friends. If you need more information, you can head over to thepointoffocus.com where you'll find other podcast episodes, blog posts, videos, and just some more general information about our ministry. Thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Well, today we're starting a new series. We're finally getting to the series that I've been waiting for back in July, and I'll talk about that in just a second, but we're starting the series today, Touched, and I've been excited for that after a couple delays and a couple shifts in content. Um, We're finally getting this off the ground. I've been excited for the series, like I said, and can't wait to dive in um, to some of these truths as we go through the different ways that Jesus touched the lives of people and what it means um, with that. But before we get into it, we'll be in John 9. We're going to be looking at that today. But before we get into that, a little bit of intro, a little bit of how we got here. As this has been kind of a, well, it wound up being a three-month by the time we're done, it will be three month kind of idea that birthed out of one episode of the At The Movie series back in July. The last episode of the At The Movie series, we looked at the movie Uncharted and we looked at a line from that movie. Um, if it's um, if something is lost, it can be found And that general kind of idea. I don't think I quoted that just right. But that just idea, and we looked at Luke 15 in that episode, and in that episode, there's three parables of three lost things. And as we um, look through that, we looked at the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son, and we just got around this idea that things aren't lost. I mean, things aren't gone, they're lost. And that's what we kind of built that. In fact, the episode title, if you want to go back and check it out, is called Lost Not Gone. And the idea of that episode was that some of the time people think that people are just too far gone. They're just too, they're just too gone. They can't be helped. And uh, I said that the Pharisees that kind of came after Jesus sometimes had that mindset. They had the idea that people were just too busy and to too um too far gone they couldn't be helped and they just had that idea about some people when Jesus had the idea that no no they're not gone they're just lost and they can be found which is why the son of man in Luke 16 the son of man has come to seek and save the lost and so and when I when I thought about that instant like I got this kind of this arc idea for the next couple months. And that's what we've been looking at. Well, if we're just lost, and like I said, we looked at the lost sheep where the shepherd leaves his 99 and goes and finds the one because it was just lost, not gone. The coin, the uh, the parable of the lost coin where the, the lady looked for the coin. She tore apart her house because she knew the coin was there. It was just lost, not gone. And the same thing with the lost son. The lost son actually came back 
to his father, which is symbolizing of how sometimes we wander away, but we're not gone. We're just lost. Sometimes we wander off the path. Sometimes we wander away like the sheep in the first story. And we just wander away. And sometimes the shepherd comes and finds us. Sometimes the shepherd waits for us to come back. And that's kind of how the book ends. It starts with the shepherd going and seeking and saving um, that which was lost, right? The lost sheep to sometimes we have to return to the shepherd. So it's a really nice kind of circle that Luke 15 does. And it's really kind of cool. Um, so I was thinking, well, why does, why does the son of man, Jesus, come to seek and save the lost? Why does he want to do that? And so we went into the known series and we tore apart Psalm 139 and we just looked at the different things. We looked at how God knows everything, how God created everything and God is everywhere. But with all of that, he knows us, he created us and he's with us. And we also know that he thinks about us all out of Psalm 139. And that is why the son of man, that is why Jesus, who is also God, seeks us out, seeks to save the lost. And then that brings us to this episode where we're kind of completing, kind of completing this journey. And we're going to be looking at John 9 and how um, this idea of the series, we're going to keep coming back to it. It's kind of going to keep coming up. And we're not going to look at like everything in this series isn't going to be a healing of Jesus because there's, there's lots of healings of Jesus and Jesus touched the lives of many people, but we're not going to look at how he touched their lives all in the same way. We're not going to spend, this is not going to be like the, the healing series. We're not going to be looking at all of his healings and stuff like that. We're going to be looking at several different ways Jesus touched the lives of people. And it's through different things that he's done. Uh, and even how sometimes we come to Jesus and we can touch him. I know that sounds weird now because we can't physically touch Jesus. But we're going to just be looking at this. We're going to dive into this series. And I'm excited to see what God has for us and what we learn so, um, as I said, we're going to be in John 9, but the overarching idea, sorry, I got distracted again. <laughs> the, the overarching idea of this is the touch of Jesus changes lives. The touch of Jesus changes lives. And that's going to be like the, the base of, our, of where we're going throughout this whole series. It'll keep coming up. Now, we have to dive a little bit here into John 9. And the story is a little bit long, so we're going to read a uh, majority of the story. I'm actually not quite sure how God is going to direct me to do this. Um, I don't know if we're going to, because um, a lot of it gets, we kind of get the idea, and then it kind of just repeats itself and like all of that. Um, so we're going to probably read some and paraphrase some, and we'll just kind of get to the end together. But we're going to be looking at John 9, one, verse 1 through verse 34 is the entire story. So we're going to be um, starting off at the top here. We're going to read it together, kind of like we started with the Known series, where we're going to read what we're looking at, kind of get it, and then we'll tear it apart and just kind of see what's going on. 
So verse one, it says, John nine, verse one, it says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been born blind from birth. Rabbi, the disciples asked him, why is this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or the sins of his parents? Verse three, it does, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. Night is coming and no one can do work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva and spread the mud over the man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Shalom. And the man went and washed and he came back seeing his neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, others said, no, it just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the one. They asked him, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me to go wash so I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now? I don't know. Oh, so where is he now, they asked. He replied, I don't know. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put mud over my eyes, and I washed it away, and I could see. Some of the Pharisees, this man Jesus is not from, some of, some of the Pharisees said, this man Jesus is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how could an ordinary sinner do such a miraculous sign? So there was deep division among them. Then the Pharisees questioned him again. What is your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leaders refused to believe the man the Jewish leaders refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see. So they called his parents. Is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? They asked them. His parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah could be expelled from the synagogue. That is why they said he's old enough, ask him. So for a second time, they called the man who had been born blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man Jesus is a sinner. The man, this is kind of the key verse and I want to like draw attention to it. I don't know if he's a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I see. And then they kind of asked him again. This is kind of where we're going to paraphrase the rest. Kind of asked him again and the man actually gets upset. The man actually says, I told you, why don't you listen to me? And they got mad. The Pharisees got mad and um, cursed him. And then they were just said, um, and then even the uh, man calls him out. Like, it's strange. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. You, we, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he's already 
ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began. If this is a man is not from God, how could he have done it? You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. So he was trying to be confused. It's kind of like, you don't know Jesus the way that you claim that you know Jesus. Right? So we get some things out of this text. Some brief, brief things. First of all, the touch of Jesus changes lives. We saw that John 9, 25 is kind of the key verse. I was blind, but now I see. It changed his life. Because for for years, like, he sat and if you had a, a disability or some kind of problem, you know, if you were crippled or lame or blind or whatever, you typically, you typically sat in bed. That's typically what you did. Jesus healed another man who was sitting by a pool who was crippled. And if you could get into the pool that was there, when the water started moving, you it was believed you could be healed. So Jesus... Um, you know, said, just get up and walk. Like, you know, but the man was sitting there begging for people to put him in the pool because he couldn't get there himself. So, uh, and we see it just different times. I mean, we see it even in this text. He's like, isn't this the guy that begged? So like, if you had some, had some kind of sickness or, um, disability or, like crippled or blind or whatever. Typically you were just a, typically you were a beggar and that's what, how people associated you. That was just the, the times. It, like I said, it was even brought up in this text where people were like, isn't that the beggar? Like, how can he see now? Um, so, but one of the things too, that I like to read, and I kind of like to read this story a little with a little bit of imagination. Okay. Cause picture this, like you're sitting there and more than likely he had somebody with him. He was blind. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Um, but I imagine that maybe he had some people that were there and there's maybe they're sitting there talking with him. Right. And they see Jesus come because it says, as it said, as Jesus was walking along. Right. So maybe they're kind of sitting off off the road there maybe and they see Jesus there maybe um the blind man could hear some commotion right like you know you know he may have asked his friends you know hey what's what's causing the ruckus like what's why is the crowd stirred up what is what is going on and the people are the guys that were with him were probably like hey it's Jesus Jesus is here right and as we said, as we kind of see, while they are having this conversation, the disciples are having their conversation with Jesus. Like, why is this man blind? Right? And so now Jesus kind of walks, starts walking toward the man. He had to have during this conversation. Because then it says in verse 6 that he made mud. Right? So he had to have, while he's talking with his disciples, had to have been making a walk. And I picture the the blind man and his friends are sitting there like, Jesus is coming towards you, man. Like you, Jesus is coming towards you. And maybe he could hear. And like as Jesus got closer, the, the, the buddies that were with the blind man were like, hey, he is standing right in front of you. Jesus is standing there. And, it, and they're talking about your eyes. They're talking about your, your blindness. And then, you know, continuing the commentary, it's kind of like, well, Jesus is making, Jesus just spit on the ground and he's making mud with the, the saliva. He's making mud. And he's got it on his fingers. Oh my goodness, he's going to touch you in the face. You know, ah, jar! No. Um, 
so I just, I, I, I picture this being kind of like, like a freaky moment, right? Like, I mean, these people were human beings. We forget it because they're in the Bible that these were people were human beings. And even though like the, the sanitary things were different back then and all of that, no one still wanted to be touched in the face with someone else's saliva, right? So it may have freaked him out a little bit. Um, and Jesus put the mud on his eyes and told him to go wash. And he did. And then we see this unfold. The first thing that I see in this is people won't believe Jesus' touch to be true. Jesus, The people won't believe that Jesus touched your life, that Jesus changed your life. It says so right here, you know, in just in a short section, but mainly verses 8 through 12. Right, but the Pharisees didn't either. But mainly it's addressed in verses 8 through 12 where it says his neighbors and others that knew him. And it says, isn't that the man that was blind and that sat and begged? Isn't he? No, it just looks like him. People didn't believe it. People are like, "What? that can't be the same guy. There's no way that you can be healed from blindness, right? Even, even today in 2022, we have trouble getting our getting sight back. You know, I know a gentleman that's working on getting his sight back and he's had multiple surgeries and he can still only see silhouettes. Like he's getting sight back, but he can't he still can't see. Right? So even now in 2022, restoring sight is a big task. So how did this man back then, right? They've never heard of something like this, right? So they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it to be true. They didn't believe that that Jesus had touched him and could heal him like that. Is it, it continues on. Like I said, Jesus did it. You know, where is he? I don't know. So because they were confused and because they um, didn't really believe that this could be true, they took him to the Pharisees. Mainly, too, because of my next point is people will have questions. And that kind of sums up the whole rest of this whole thing. It, um, because they even ask, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? In verse 8. And then they took him to the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were, tell us what happened. How can you, like, how can you see now? And um, all of this whole thing. They kept asking him the same question, but they had questions. Then they brought in his parents and they had questions. I mean, they had questions for them. And people will have questions. People don't believe it to be true, so they'll have questions. I, I'm thinking right now just real briefly of, of Paul, who used to be Saul, and then he met Jesus, and Jesus touched and changed his life. Right? So, and people didn't believe that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. In, in the coming weeks of the series, but Jesus touch changes lives. And we see that in the key verse, verse number 25. I don't know whether he is a sinner because the Pharisees were already by John nine, Jesus had already gathered up attention, right? By this time he had fed the 5,000. He had, um, led revival in Samaria with, with, um, the woman at the well, he had like all of these different things. So by now, Jesus had already kind of started gaining traction. And even you know, right now we're in John 9. John 12 is um, 
uh, Palm Sunday and John 13 starts kind of like his last week, right? Well, John 12 starts his last week, right? So we're getting to the end of Jesus' ministry here. You know, I mean, a lot of time still can elapse, but, you know, we're getting to the end of this. So the Pharisees already had a problem with Jesus. Jesus was already upsetting this, their, their dynamic, their culture, the way of things, right? As I said, Pharisees, people were just too far gone. And if they were doing things and just, they were too far gone. They were sinners, right? And that's what they say here. They even call Jesus a sinner because he's claiming to be God. He's claiming to, to heal. He's working on the Sabbath, which we know is a no-no. It's one of their 600 and something rules that they had, you know, on top of the, like the 10 commandments that they had just kind of like expounded upon and made all of these rules so much so that the 10 commandment, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy was now you couldn't do anything, but pretty much breathe on the Sabbath. And some of their attitude toward it, like breathing was, breathing was questionable to be work. You know, they got on Jesus for healing that man and he carried his mat on the Sabbath, right? You can't carry your mat on the Sabbath. That's too much like work. Just like this. You can't put mud on someone's eyes and tell them to go wash in the pool because that is work. Jesus is working on the Sabbath. They had made this so, um, so intense, Right. And Jesus was just coming to say kind of like, hey, you know what? That's not the way thing. That's not the way things are going to be. That's not the way they were intended to be. So this, so they already had a problem with Jesus here. And it really starts to unfold in the next couple chapters, especially after he uh, raises Lazarus from the dead. Uh, it really gets their attention. It really starts to un- unpack for um, them then. And they really start to plot against Jesus. But here they're already starting their um their things uh, starting their battle with Jesus not things really so that was a little bit of a side trail a little bit of a but that's what it, that's what's happening here is the pharisees are upset because Jesus did this the pharisees are upset because this man that used to be blind can now see that Jesus changed their life they weren't about that they were about the fact that Jesus was working on the Sabbath and that he's a sinner and that he's doing all of these things and you can't, you can't do that. So they kept asking the man and that's why I said the man eventually gets upset. Like, hey, look, I've already told you. He put mud on my eyes and now I can see. And that's the key verse of verse 25. And that's the key thought of this. How, the, how Jesus changed the man's life. As I said, the touch of Jesus changes lives. And this man knew one thing. He knew that he once was blind. And now he could see. That's what's key about this whole, this whole story. Is Jesus changed the life of this man. He was blind. Now he could see. It totally changed his life. I mean, think about... Like when, like, think about it, like, just close your eyes for a little bit. This is what the man saw for his whole life. Nothing. And then when you open your eyes, like you can see, you know, trees and buildings and sky and grass and via cars and people and all of these different things that we can see, right? Because we are able to see that stuff 
So just picture the joy in this man's life that Jesus had healed him and he could now see all of these things that his friends would describe to him. Going back to that man that I know, like he's, um, he, he would ask, you know, Hey, like, what does that look like? And it just dawned on me. Like he, like this man used to see, right. But his, his, his sight gone, had gone away. Right. So the, this man that I know could see in the past. And so now like that he can't see, like he, he's missing what he could see. And as I was preparing for this, like I got to hang out with this guy a little bit, you know, and he would ask me, hey, what does that, what does that person look like? Or what does this look like? And it's just, it, it didn't dawn on me then, but it dawned on me as I was thinking about this story. This man in the Bible couldn't see from the beginning, right? So he doesn't, he doesn't know. He's only had things described to him. Hey, what does this look like? What is, and then this, this guy though, that I know that I've been talking about, he could see at one point and now he can't. So not only did he, he had it taken away from him just because vision does that sometimes. And how he's getting help to be able to see again. But just imagine like the joy that he has, right? This, this, he used to be able to see and then cataracts and stuff took his sight and now he's starting to be able to see again. Like, it's just like when we close our eyes, like for an extended period of time and then we can open them and see, like picture the joy that if our sight was taken away and it can be restored, Right, But think about this man who had never seen anything and now he could see. It changed his life. Because now he could see what people were talking about. Now he could see the people he was hanging around. Now he could see his neighbors, as verse 8 said. His neighbors and other people that knew him. Like he could see those people. The touch of Jesus changes lives. And it's so amazing to see this. And as we go on this series, we're going to see just some different ways, not just the touch of Jesus, right? Like we're, we're not going to just look at the touches of Jesus. We're going to look at Jesus' interactions with people. We're going to look at people that just came to Jesus. And then we're going to look at how Jesus even still now touches our lives. It's going to be an amazing series. I hope you'll continue to journey journey with us. And really what this means too, why this is a key verse, is this is talking about um, I was blind, but now I see. A couple weeks ago, I talked about how um, God is an all good God, that God has what's best for us in mind. And that's that's what we come to see when we let Jesus touch our lives. So I want to offer the same thing that I offered a couple weeks ago. And it's simple. We make it complicated. The touch of Jesus is simply a prayer, acknowledging that we need him, acknowledging that we we are, are, are blind without him, that we are lost without him. This is what I said earlier about coming to Jesus to experience his touch. And maybe you haven't yet. I said it last week that God is an all good God and we can experience his goodness 
if we just we just come to him. But that's what this is. Like being being blind and now we see. When we experience the touch of Jesus, we can see what Jesus can do for us. We can see what Jesus can do in our lives. Or even maybe what he has done in our lives. We just couldn't see it because we just weren't focused on Jesus. So I said it's simple. It's simple. It's Romans 10.9. It's um, those who who confess that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's simple what it is. It's simple like just repeat after me as I say it right now. It's simple. Jesus, I know what you did for me. I know that you're good. I know that you love me and I know that you care and I know that you died on the cross for me. And I know that you did that to pay for my sins and that God raised you from the dead so that I can have life in your name. That's it. That's all. That's all you have to pray. Right then, right there, if you prayed it with me, you're, you're saved. That's what the Bible says. And if you did pray that, once again, just like I said a couple weeks ago, find a local church wherever you're listening to this. Find a local church to get plugged into. Because there are things that they'll be able to offer you that I can't. So, once again, if you prayed that, um, if you're thinking about praying that, you can go back and catch, um, you can go back and catch what I said there. But it's just a simple prayer. A simple model is in Romans 10, 9. And um, give me just a second. I'm going to actually, so I get it right. I want to quote it to you. I don't want to just quote it to you in a paraphrase. I actually want to read it to you. It says, Romans 10, 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That it's, it's that simple. Follow follow that model. Romans 10, 9. Follow that. Just like I prayed with you a couple minute, a couple seconds ago. So that is the truth behind this. That Jesus changes lives. That this man's life was now forever changed. That now he could see what Jesus did for him. So I encourage you um, to, to go back and find that prayer. Pray it yourself. Pray it with somebody. Talk to somebody about what you're hearing today. Share this with your with your family and your friends. Um, but then, if you did pray that with me when I'm, when I when I called to do it, find a local church. Find some place to get plugged into so they can continue on with your next steps. So you continue to see how Jesus can change your life. So I encourage you also to come back, check out the rest of the series as we dive into some other stories. I'm excited to be on this journey with you. So come back next week, check out the next installment of the series Touched, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening.